Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Sports to the max. Take a little bit different turn as we look back two years ago to George Floyd and incorporate in the Texas shootings and everything else, as is Jermaine right now. Joining us in the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline, the one and only Theo Daniel, uh, who I got to know as well through the uh, protests I've stayed in touch with, and today I saw him out at Highland Park High School. More on that in a minute, uh, but he joins us now. Theo, thank you for joining us. Hi, how you doing, Mike? Good, always good to visit with you. Take me, what was the first time I met you out there? Was that the plaza two years ago? I, I can't remember exactly. I remember meeting you, and I, was it uh, down by U.S. Bank Stadium? Exactly, it was out, right outside of U.S. Bank Stadium at actually the first protest. And was we that the first one? On the turnout. But the very first one, we were unturned on the turnout, huh. and all of a sudden 10,000 people showed up. And you needed water and everything else to get through it. And, and then what, what did you learn over the next several days? Because you spent a lot of time in that area. Um, I'm just, I just learned that, that there, you know, people can come together peacefully in the community. And, the, and, I, and I really seen that. And I had a lot of hope for the city. And I had hope that, uh, that we can make a difference if we come together as a community. Do you think that was achieved to an extent? Or two years later, how do you feel about it? Um, I do feel like we have made progress, yep. although there's still a lot of work to do. I think people are, are understanding that the awareness was met, right? Mm-hmm. But now it's like, what next? And a lot of people are confused on how can we still continue this fight for justice and this fight for equality um, through other endeavors besides marching. So we're trying to figure that out. A lot of people are trying to do that. And that's why I did the, the project today um, on the day of uh, George Floyd's anniversary, you kind of show an example of one way you can help your community. Okay, explain what you did today. So today, <clears throat> we had um, a group of young individuals at Highland Park High School who um, interned at my company, Eternal Media, and learned about different types of technology um, pertaining to the Web3 space, in particular NFTs and how you can use NFTs to uh, impact communities. Uh, I'm going to stop you right there, Ted. Just explain what an NFT is. NFT is a non-fungible token. Um, so just to, to simply put it, it's um, it's created on the blockchain, and it's a, a lot of people are using digital art um, to express that. So it's like, you know, let's give you an example, like um, a picture of a, uh, of a painting, but you put it, in, you make it in the digital world, and that way the, the people... Um, the blockchain, which are different computers around the world, can communicate with each other and authenticate that this is um, the real deal right here. And um, this NFT digitally can be sold and resold again and resold again and resold again and resold again. So there's some type of significance to this certain NFT, you know, like a collector's item. You know, now they're seeing a lot of sports memorabilia are being transferred to digital NFTs and are being resold. 
um, and, mem- and and stuff like that, they can actually generate income, and you can connect that through a, what they call smart contracts. You can put in that smart contract that a certain percentage, every time it's resold, goes to this charity, this organization, this community project, et cetera. Who would buy it? Is it people that want to print it out and hang it on their wall? Who is it? Um, it's all different types of people. It's kind of like, you know, depending on the NFT, what type of art is it? Who is the artist that created it? Um, what is, who's, who's the athlete? You know, it's kind of like, you know, why do people collect baseball cards? Or why do people collect digital art? Or why do people like certain fashion? So it all depends on the creator of the NFT, as well as what the, the utility behind the NFT. Some people collect certain NFTs just because it, it invites them into a community of people that own similar NFTs. Um, which they then discuss on a Discord. But that's a whole ah. other story that we can get into. <laughs> so in essence, what you want to be is an original, and, and, and you want to create some kind of a, a picture or something, in this case, what we're talking about today at least, uh, some piece of art that, that is original and unique, and, and then there's a way for you to, in essence, patent it digitally, and, and then once it moves, uh, so too does the money move with it? Exactly. Um, so you can make a collection of NFTs, right? You can have 500 of them. You can have one of them. You can have a thousand of them. You can have a 10,000 of them. So let's say, for example, um, when, when, the, when the Super Bowl was held, if we had every player on the, on the, on the field sign this NFT and it was only 10,000 of them made, right? Um, those can resell forever. So 50 years from now, somebody could say, I have the digital NFT from the Super Bowl when it was in Minneapolis. And people will actually want to buy that because they want to be able to hold that. Um, and then you can connect that to um, a certain charity that every time it's sold, it goes to that specific charity and whatnot. And so th- documentation. Go ahead. I said things just move from account to account digitally, and you don't. it's not cash business. It just moves from place to place, and you've got it in the bank. Exactly. And, then, and it goes through what they call cryptocurrency. Um, right now it's Ethereum that they use from a lot of them, but there's Solana and all that kind of stuff that is more – um, environmentally conscious, and those are some of the things that they're working on right now to make this type of technology safer. But all in all, um, the, you know, the reason why um, I'm really getting into this space is because I know that this type of technology is here to stay, and I want people of color to be able to experiment and be aware of what's going on in this shift right now and be able to contribute and participate so they're not late to the table. Theo Daniels, our guest. And how does Josh uh, Okogi come into this? Well, you know, one thing about the youth is they love sports and there's a synergy between sports and technology that you're seeing right now. They're turning NFTs into highlights. Um, you can buy a certain dunk that's an NFT that, that you see in the playoffs, for example. Um, and, and, and how technology is interacting in sports is very interesting to a lot of the youth. So using that sports, um, that sports awareness as a gateway to get kids to be attracted to that. They're like, oh, sports and this new Web3 area, it's very exciting. And, and, and right now with the youth, we're competing for attention. And I knew that a lot of the stuff about this stuff wasn't being taught at schools. So I wanted to take it upon myself to partner with people like Josh Okoge, who really cares about the community and, and really b- drive awareness to this new technology, not for the financial gains, but for the uh, tremendous social impact that we could make by using this type of technology. So what you wanted to do today was to, to un, unleash some of the creativity in the kids and let them know what was possible. Was that, was that a part of the point? Exactly. To let them know what's possible. These kids have been working all spring. So a lot of the, the teams, you know, which is called MNFT, shout out to MNFT. You can follow them on Instagram. But we wanted to get them together and, and, and work with them for the entire spring. And they wanted to showcase their artwork. 
They wanted to gift it to the Timberwolves player, Josh Okoge, as well as Jared Vanderbilt. And 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 also um, some of these proceeds that from the NFT launch that we're going to be launching soon here are going to go to building a community tech hub that is in the same neighborhood as George Floyd Square at the Sabathini Center on 38th and 4th. Yeah, you've already so, got that picked out. What will that encompass? What will that be? That's going to be a place where pe- where where inner city kids can go there and learn about all different types of technology. Have, not only learn about it, but have access to technology, have access to career pathways in these in these fields, as well as you know be able to have fellowship there. You know, and and have a safe space. This community tech hub was designed by the youth, and it's for the youth. And that's through a, a nonprofit called Smart Smart North. You guys can go check them out at smartnorth.org if you want to keep up with the community tech hub. But yeah, I mean, we're pretty excited about this and we want to keep going on as really, you know, this, this area of media and tech drive a lot of wealth. I mean, as you can see, people like Mark Zuckerberg, Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, these individuals passed up traditional wealthy people in a matter of years. So we know that these two spaces generate a lot of wealth. But unfortunately, these are also two spaces that don't have the representation of people of color that I would like to see. So my, my goal is to get more people of color into these spaces starting with the youth because the youth is our future and potentially have these people create genius ideas and create yells and bring it back to their own communities. Tio Daniel, our guest, who, who's the profile of the kid that gravitates to this? Uh, can you describe him or her? To be honest, you know, it's really all different types of uh, type of kids. You know, a lot of kids are like in this space, you know what I mean? Um, definitely the gamers, right? The kids are like on the computer. But if we can see today, you know, when I was growing up, we all like to be outside Today's generation, they all like to be on the, they all like to have these, the TVs to their face, right? They always want to be on the screens. Um, so really, I mean, I've seen a wide demographic. I mean, kids who like music are in, are in this space. Kids who like gaming are in this space. Kids who like sports are in this space. It just depends on what type of, you know, what, what attracts you to the space and how you can connect it to a lot of things that you're passionate about. And so that's what we really want to showcase um, with this group of NMST. You have kids from all different ranges. You have people who like, kids who like art. That just like creating the design. Then you have kids who like the sports aspect of it and how they can connect it to the sports. Then you have kids who like the music NFTs and how music is changed. The NFT is changing the music world. Um, and then you like kids who like to market it and put it on social media and Instagram and just like the whole evolution of this new space. Um, how has your life changed in the last two years since I first met you, since George Floyd, since that week? Um, I would say that, you know, I'm very I'm more focused on the, the economic solutions, you know, I'm realizing a lot of the uh, uh, injustices that we've been seeing for centuries um, are from economic injustices. Um, you know, poverty is a big underground foundation to a lot of the trauma that we see today. So I, I feel that, you know, because of this, um, my company has really changed my life. Technology has changed my life and I was able to do pretty well. Um, so I want other people to be able to reap the benefits. I want to pay it forward. And I want to get more people into this space so we can generally find solutions. And I feel like technology is a big indicator in how to solve a lot of these solutions. My friend PJ Hills always said this, that techno- technology can be the great equalizer. I just had him on earlier tonight. We were just talking on this uh, very program, Tio. Uh, Tio, yeah, what, what, let me ask you something else so that, that that's uh, it's in line with, but it's a little off the beaten path of what we're talking where does the fatherless home fit into fixing 
the culture of the urban area. We, we, you know, there there are uh, PJ is a good example. Uh, last when this happened a couple of years ago, we were talking about some of the people that were leading the movement and and, and the peaceful protests, and somebody said, "Yeah, they all had dads at home." That's what they got for a common yeah. denominator. It's not about whether they're black or not. It's that they got their dads mm-hmm. at home. Where, where, do, where does fatherless fit into the importance of changing a culture? I mean, and it's sad to say, statistics does show that, um, you know, fatherless homes have an impact on, on traumatizing youth when they're young. Um, you know, we all like to see ourselves, right? So when, when young boys don't see a, um, older men being able to teach them how to groom themselves teach them um, and set examples for them. It's hard for them to really feel that th- it's hard for them to see themselves in, in role models. That's why it's so important for other men to reach out to the, a lot of these kids who don't have fathers and become mentors. And again, that's why we're creating this community tech hub because there's going to be a lot of mentorship programs in that. Um, and that's why I'm so passionate about going around working with young men and young boys, because I feel that the one connection that you can have is just by seeing yourself in somebody. So if I see, if I'm a young kid, a young black kid, and I see a young black man that really cares about me and loves me, it's going to impact my life and it's going to help me keep on a, on, a, on a straight path. And last, I think along those lines, Larry McKenzie was on with us. We we're talking about it. Is you know, a fatherless home isn't just void of a father, and as you mentioned, a role model. It, it's it's a form of rejection to some or abandonment. And, and that's yeah. why mentors that stick with kids are so important that they can trust them, that they will they will not run out on them. Where does that fit in? I mean, it, it fits in, you know, in all aspects. I mean, um, when you don't have a father in your home and, and you're seeing everybody else with a father in the home, it could take a, it could take a big toll on self-significance, mm-hmm. which is a key factor to um, child development. Um, and, 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 and not only just a father in his home, but... Um, um, positive role models. But some people can have a father in their home and not be a positive role model. So it's really important to have strong leaders, strong mentors, to really be consistent and advocate for others. And this is why I advertise a lot of the stuff I do, because at first I was against really showcasing a lot of philanthropy work I do. But then I realized the more that I advertise, the more that people want to get involved, and the more that I can encourage other positive male role models to get involved in these young men's lives. Teo Daniel, thank you for giving us some time. Always good to see you today. We will stay in touch, my man. Thank you so much, man. Thank you for reaching out. I appreciate it. You bet. Teo Daniel, doing some things in the community to make a difference. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.